Welcome to Radio Rehab. This is our Storyteller Series. I'm Dana. I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and I'm here in studio with producer Shar. Who's not? (laughs) Who just has terrible taste in friends. As you always say. I know. This is a new daily show, Radio Rehab Now. And if you haven't been listening, you can go back and hear all of our daily shows, which are storytellers episodes, where I have a guest co-host in here with me for the entire week, Monday through Friday, and we talk all things recovery. This week is a very special week for me because I've decided to have the parent of an addict on the show, and I figured, who better to do that than my own mother? Because she's been through hell with me, basically. And before that, she went through hell with my father, who was also a recovering addict. Um, When anyone's a recovering addict, of course, that means there were years when they were an active addict. And that means that their Al-Anon slash codependent person that they're in a relationship with had to deal with a lot of stuff. And I figure, since I never know who's listening, and it turns out from a lot of the letters that some of you are not addicts. Some of you just know addicts. Some of you are related to addicts. Some of you are married to addicts or alcoholics, or both. Uh, Lucky you if it's both, because my father and I were both both. (laughs) It's amazing how all of this kind of came about, and how, like, you know, like, we had, we had big plans for this show. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's, we're gonna release it on this week, never ended up working out the way that we had planned. Right. And, um, but the way it did work out, I think, was almost kind of even more special it was it was serendipitous as they say because it ended up being more of a uh, we recorded all of these shows on february 8th which is a 12 year anniversary of my father's death which um i think and you know like you two spending the day together and i and then spending time in here talking about him and about your relationship not that anything that we do on radio rehab isn't authentic or isn't real but this was just like really deep and honest and yeah i mean this is like the most transparent just giving show i think that i could possibly do because i mean my mom and i lived through all this stuff together but it's not like we always sit down and talk about oh hey remember when i was drinking and using and you know we we don't really get into that we don't really drudge up the past too much so this was kind of a cathartic experience for us, much like, you know, spreading my dad's ashes was a cathartic experience for us. But I think it would be helpful to people who are in recovery or who are not in recovery to be able to hear this kind of conversation between the parent of the alcoholic and the alcoholic. And it was cute how nervous she was. <laughs> she was so nervous. Oh, my God, my poor mom. She's, like, adorable, and everyone loves her, and she lights up a room when she goes in, and yet you put a microphone in front of her face, and she's, like, she gets all shy. It's funny. I Because we're used to it, and, like, this is how we talk, so... We're just used to this, but she's not. And you'll notice that the first the first episode, you can tell she's a little nervous. And then, you know, as the week progresses, she gets she gets more comfortable. At least she uh, at least she talked because remember uh, Colleen when she she was so Colleen was so nervous because when we when we were oh, I know Colleen was so nervous and she's she, also she, like a wealth of knowledge on the subject that she's talking you, about. We we uh, you acknowledged her as the guest co-host and then she just shook her head. And I know like, you can't hear that on the radio. <laughs> And, and no, not to knock it. That's that's what I like. It's you know, it's it's one of the things that I, I I love about this show is that we don't always. It's not always a radio person that's going to be on the show. These are you know, these are real, like, real people. Like not that you know, broadcaster. Well, we're not. Yeah, not that we're because we're not real people. We're, we're just well, talking heads. We're, well, we're not normal. <laughs> that's for sure. We're definitely not normal. <laughs> but uh, but 
it's you know it's everyday people i guess is that yeah i mean yeah it's people who are going through this experience um the same experience i'm going through except you know then there's people like my mom who are going through their own experience and they and you know they're not like us that are used to you know talking like every delivering lines and talking with the microphone in front of her. Yeah, face. they're not used to hitting the post. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I know we I did have to show her how to just position the microphone to where she's comfortable talking into it. And she's like, I, I'm looking sideways. I know it takes it takes a while to get to get comfortable with, but, but she does get comfortable as as the week will progress. You'll see we have. Um, a whole list of topics I thought about what I thought would help the listeners to most the most to hear and, and that's what we discussed. And all the stuff that you guys talked about was really was was so interesting and I know that there's so much more. Even so that, you know, your mom was like, We didn't get to talk about this, we didn't get to talk about that and Yeah, it's and, like when you share at a meeting, I always say you always when you're in your car afterwards, it's like, I can't believe I left uh, that out. And that's just how it goes because you just you you know, you have your points and you just don't you don't you can't always get to them. But it would be nice that, you know, like we had talked about it after after the session that we would, you know, have her back in. Have her back in and and if you have comments and if you have, you know, things that you want to say or you know like you have experiences that you want to share with us feel free to you know email us and 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 text us or write in or comment on on whatever medium you're listening on yeah it's uh radio rehab at go to productions.com that's go-to productions.com you can call or text even when we're not in the studio 415-496-9511 and on facebook instagram and twitter it's at radio rehab dana i'd love to hear what you guys think of these shows especially please contribute you know what's close to your heart right and and on the on the last note before we get into to these episodes is or to the first episode this week um if you have a suggestion of somebody that could be on the show or if you think that you would like to be on the show, reach out to us. And if you have ideas for guests, because we're always looking for people to 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 be a part of the program. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, Want to make this a community as it's becoming. And thank you so much to the people who have liked and supported us and subscribed and given us nice ratings right. on iTunes. That really made my year. Seriously. A lot of people have reached out to us over ever since we started the uh, the daily episodes yeah and it makes and, me so happy when they do and um so we have plans for you know many more people to to be on and we we would just love to keep adding to the list yes so let's get started with this week's show i would like to introduce you guys to my mom on today's show she and i discussed how my dad's death affected us uh because it affected us very differently she you know not being an alcoholic and myself, I was actually sober at the time. And this is around the time that I relapsed. So this is kind of a deep issue. You guys meet my mom. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. So I'd like to introduce you guys to my mom. I'm here in studio with producer Shar, of course, and Kate, known to me as my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Dana. <laughs> so the reason I decided to have you on this show is because I feel like this show is really forthcoming where I'm honest with people. Um, 
as my grandmother once said, I was a sooner because I'd sooner show my ass in Walmart than in my own bedroom. I think that's how Grandma Ruby said it. But because I feel like what's the point of me going through all this stuff if I can't help other people? And I feel like there's a lot of moms and spouses and people out there like that that are going through this. And I feel like you are kind of a professional in this because you've been through it with me. And so I would like to share both of our experience, strength, and hope. Um, We are recording this on February 8th, 2017, which is the 12th anniversary of my dad's death. And so for our first show this week, um, I would like us to talk about how that affected us, how it affected both of us, because we both handled our grief very differently. So let's, let's, so first you, and don't be nervous. Okay, I'll try. Um... (laughs) This is one of those instances in life when I realized we were really cut off different bolts of material. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know how I got through, you know, the initial stage of just the shock and the initial grief. But, you know, uh, I guess a couple, within a couple of months, I went back to work and I threw myself into it. And basically worked you know I was traveling to Asia at the time and I would work 10 12 hour days and go back to my room and cry myself to sleep and that was basically my life for a long time but my my work was the one thing that was I had any kind of control over and um yep just would you know, cry a lot, <laughs> but really experienced the, the feelings I was going through. I think for me, I pushed myself into things that forced me into the grief and dealing with the grief. Like, I remember when I first took a little break after working, I went to Hawaii, which was one of Keith's and my favorite places to go. So, I know, I couldn't believe you did that. I know. So I And you went to go see the band play. Exactly. It took me how many years to be able to look at that stage without him on it? I mean... I don't know how many. Do you? It, a lot. A lot. A lot. I mean, I went yeah. to one show at Saratoga, and yeah. I, I mean, thank I, God for Marcy yeah. McPhee, because she had to collect me and take me away, because I couldn't even go look. I know. I don't... That's... We were very, very different. I just pushed myself into it and really just immersed myself in it, and with the help of some wonderful friends who were just so there for me you know nobody tried to fix me or make it better talk me out of it Uh, nobody was uncomfortable with me talking about Keith which you know some people get weirded out after a certain point Um, but basically you know I could be at dinner just start crying they just held me or at a concert wherever they just kind of let me be and I was really blessed to have that kind of love and support around me I think I might have had that kind of love and support around me, but it's I turned my back on it. It's yeah. not that it wasn't there. It's I turned my back on the program because um, I think a lot of people didn't like that I had a boyfriend at the time who was not in the program, mm-hmm. and I was spending a lot of time with him and traveling, and, and it, I felt like people turned their back on me. There still were people who who made it a point to let me know that they were there, but it's like, but I basically turned my back on the program at that point. And mm-hmm. therefore, when when it finally came down to it and happened, I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to hear about it. I, I couldn't imagine what anybody was going to say to me, but I didn't want to hear it. And it was that night after we had been, you know, we said goodbye to him. 
mm-hmm. at the Kentfield place that mm-hmm. he was at. And we were at that restaurant in Larkspur and everybody was toasting. And I think I've told I've told this story on the show before. And I just went to, to Jeremy, who, of course, couldn't know any better. And I went, go to the go get me a double dirty martini and sit it by the bathroom. And he went, yeah. well, you're a heroin addict. So that's OK. Right. That you drink. And I was like, totally. You know, thank God yeah. for people like that in the addict's life because they don't know. He didn't know any better. And then he did. And I drank it and I felt immediate relief. And I was like. How dare God or anybody expect me to go through this with nothing? Because I just felt wronged. And then I proceeded to run for what? Eight, nine years straight? I mean, straight running? Like, I never stopped to look at it. But you're right about us not being cut from the same cloth. I mean, because it, it would never occur to you to get up in the morning and drink because you don't feel right <laughs> no. in the head. That you no. wouldn't be like, well, vodka will fix this. You know, and it wouldn't. I know. I remember one time we talked about you the first time, like you did drugs, like hardcore drugs once at a party and you the next day went, I just felt so bad the next day. I don't know why anyone would ever want to do that again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, how are we related? <laughs> I know. But you did, you dealt with your grief. You dealt with your grief differently. And um, it, it took us, I mean, it took me after having over a year of sobriety to be able to deal with with my grief with you for us to be able to even talk about it together almost. I mean, we were able to talk about it, but I don't know if I was able to be present before. And um, like when we spread the ashes. Yeah. We just did that. Yes. 11 years after the fact. But we did it at the exact right time. Right. Um, We'll post pictures of that on the the page. I was telling producer Char, we'll put that up on the Radio Rehab page, the the pictures that you posted today. I I just think that... uh... It's it's amazing how things end up working out, right? You know, you guys didn't do that right away. You know, the spreading of the ashes. Yeah. And when was it's almost like he had a hand in kind of when were we going to do it? We were going to do it when Dana was clean and yeah. really clean. Yeah, really clean. Because uh, we should talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, we are uh, talking about it. Are we on air? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not leaving that in just because it's awesome. Yeah, you have to leave that in. That was adorable. Well, I normally, I normally, adorable. I normally don't try to to interject in in conversations, mm. but this is like being in a. It's I'm in a room with family. Yeah, yeah. And, family. And yeah, and, and and having both of you guys in here is it's 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 almost next level kind of intimacy of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and I mean, and, and it's a testament to what we're doing and what we're trying to do with Radio Rehab. Yeah, and. And, you know, like, I know how nervous, I know how nervous mom is, and I know, (laughs) but then I am really, I'm really proud of the fact that it takes a lot to actually put it out there and and, and do it. Like, what Dana's doing, and then what you guys are doing together, I think, is something special. And then I think so, too. And then you guys talking about this on this day, it's so, it's 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 just so significant, you know what I mean? It is significant, because I feel like I want to do it as kind of like a tribute to him, because he taught me about AA. He Mm -hmm. showed me this way of life where I didn't have to live the way I was living anymore. And, I mean, I'd like to think that he'd be proud of me um, wherever he is right now. I know that he passed away thinking I was clean and sober. Thank God. That yeah. would have really been difficult if he had known where I was headed. Um, But I really, I could feel, I felt like I've told you this, I felt like the whole time I was drinking and using that I could hear him going, please stop. You yeah. know what to do. And I would turn the music up louder, 
drink more. I would do anything to get that voice out of my head. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm, that's not really him. I'm crazy. He's not really, I can't hear him. His voice is gone. And it, it's not until recently, well, I mean, the past couple of years where I've been able to go, no, his voice wasn't gone. No, it that was, was totally him. Was really there. Because that's what he would have said. But yeah, we, we both ended, he wanted his ashes spread over Elephant Mountain. Um, for those of you who don't know where that is, it's also called Black Mountain. It overlooks Point Reyes. It's in Marin. It's incredibly beautiful. It's a 360 degree view. Yeah, Marin, amazing. The city, you see everything. Yeah, but not his many house people. Was there exactly. When, when not many people him. know yeah. about it, but when he lived in Marin, he shared that mountain with George Lucas. So Lucas Valley Road. Right. So that's how he knew that's how he knew that area. Mom, it's okay that I could say that. It's not like George Lucas has anonymity <laughs> know, protection. We're not saying on, we're not, not telling the other stories about George Lucas. <laughs> it's not on that mountain where the house was. Where his no, no, no. Next it's, to it. Yes. Yeah. Six of one. Yeah. Okay. Bukaki bukake. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but so so it's but what's so funny and I was I was talking to somebody about this today is that I learned to not hike from him. He was not a hiker. <laughs> so who knows where he ever, when was he up there? If he probably wanted to in take a, a plane. Probably in a helicopter. It was probably a helicopter. Because, or a horse. <laughs> yeah. As we hiked up the mountain, you know, I was like, I turned around and looked at you. Went, There's no way he ever, ever. hiked up here. Like ever. No. I know. But right before we spread the ashes, you ended up on Elephant Mountain and going, right. hey, where's Elephant Mountain? And they were like, this is Elephant Mountain. And then I ended up having to drop somebody off there. And I feel like that could not be him louder going, no. it's time, guys. It's time. It's time, yeah. girls, as he called us. Mm-hmm. Or silly broads. That was my favorite. <laughs> then he called us yeah. with silly broads. <laughs> yeah. But no, we knew when it was time and that day was so magical. It was. It was. The whole time of day. We went up. That was kind of his favorite time of day too we went up mid-afternoon but it was a long hike and then yeah you did better than me <laughs> i did way better than <laughs> oh you. oh my god mama. i was like can i be <laughs> helicoptered up <laughs> god yeah she was looking for the alert you know because i know there's got to be some because i i know there's got to be some kind of no steve was talking about there's an alert or something that you can press if you're in trouble and they they, they copter in what marines yeah. or whoever <laughs> i don't know who saves people marines in my mind i don't know okay. <laughs> uh but yeah i was hoping that maybe if i sprained my ankle there was a, there was a button and they would come lift us and while they were lifting us i could be like can you just stop on the top for a second i need to do something <laughs> always looking for the easy way out that's because i'm an you. addict yeah that's you that's because I'm an addict but um yeah so another thing that I want to talk about at some point during during the show is um because like I said I learned about AA from him and I mean I learned about the program from him um I learned about a new way of life from him it's just uh I was too young well I mean at first I think I was too young to do what he Mm -hmm. wanted me to do Mm -hmm. when I was 16 or 17 when the first when I went to that first rehab and he wanted me to go to meetings and I was like I quit using what do you want yeah. Like it didn't, and now looking back, it's like, what do you want? You wanted me to work the steps, of course, and get a sponsor. But I was like, I don't need that crap that the old people do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I felt like getting clean and going to a coffee shop and not doing drugs and being awake till midnight, not on drugs. I really felt like I deserved an award for that. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to do anything else. And I, I know that drove him insane. It, it drove him insane. Um, I'm surprised he didn't he didn't do Al-Anon, but I mean I guess he didn't have to because he had sponsors, uh, a sponsor yeah. and whatever. But, um, but anyway, the what I want to get into in the the next episode is, uh, that you've had to you are not an addict or an alcoholic, 
and you have had two of the closest people to you in your life be really hardcore addict alcoholics Mm -hmm. and who have been sober at times and not sober at times. Um, But very different. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing, because I know that there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are parents of, of addicts and alcoholics, and I can only say so much. From my perspective, I think it's better that we get yours, because I'm sure it's different. I just, personally, you know, I don't have a kid, and I just haven't been through, the, through it the way that you've been through it. So that's kind of something that I want to talk about on the next show. We're going to be doing this all week with my mom. If you would like to write us... It is Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. That's G-O-T-O-Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. Join us tomorrow to hear about the difference between having an addict husband and an addict daughter. Keep coming back. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll